Hey, how's it going? This is Michael Neem. I've always been interested in legends, ancient mysteries, forgotten history, and things hidden in plain sight. Things that have an amazing story, but on the outside may seem like nothing much. This week's episode of the Nothing Much Podcast brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to get your stuff online. So do it. Check out squarespace.com. Without further ado, the Nothing Much Podcast. Hey, welcome to the first ever Nothing Much Podcast. Today we're going to talk about Lake Elizabeth. Lake Elizabeth is a small, unassuming lake in a town by the same name. Our good friend's family had a lake house uh, right there off the main run. A few years back, we used to go up there for a quick summer getaway and to drink and to even swim in the lake. The road leading up to the town is really spooky. It's like the mountain road in the beginning of The Shining. Calling the town small is an understatement. There's some houses, private campgrounds, a restaurant bar, a general store, community center, and that's about it. The residents seem nice enough, but I can never quite figure the place out. The landscape itself appears to be a shadow valley with scrub brush covered hills like a narrow valley. The valley is bisected lengthwise by a road. On one side are the houses and most of the town, and the other side is the chain of lakes and recreation facilities sort of between them. It's not quite mountainous or deserty, it's just kind of desolate. It's like one of those bleak landscapes in an old western, which makes sense because a lot of westerns were filmed nearby. The area around the lake has a decent park and beach, usually with a few nice families and couples having a great time swimming, fishing, you know, picnicking. Despite all this, it's always really quiet, eerily quiet, even when the sounds of revelry rippled through, like people partying and laughing and stuff. In the moments in between, it's just this very odd quiet. It's always balanced out by a howl the wind, the screech of an owl, or other ethereal sounds. We would hear odd animal noises and low rumbling at night. While we usually had a fun time, I always got this strange sense of unease about the place, but I could never quite place it. Then I heard Lake Elizabeth mentioned on a TV show. It was actually Ancient Aliens. And it turns out the lake is home to a legendary monster. And not just any monster, the Thunderbird. Well, only not really. While there are numerous legends of Thunderbirds across various cultures, they're usually depicted like a big giant eagle. And all the accounts of the Lake Elizabeth monster describe a pterodactyl-like creature with a long tail and bat-like wings, which will come into play a little later. Not only that, but what appeared to me is, as a valley is actually the San Andreas Fault. The San Andreas Fault. The lake is fed by an underground source deep within the fault. And being that the fault lines are the source of earthquakes and connected with chambers deep within the earth, it does add a bit of truth to the rumors of the lake being an entrance to hell. The first Spanish settlers in the early 1800s called it the Devil's Lake and said it contained the Devil's Pet. 
The legends of the local Indians also confirm this. When people were around the lake, they realized it was more than just a legend. They would hear terrifying growls, rumbling, shrieks, and moans, and they all seemed to have come within the lake itself. No one would settle in this area, and those who tried were scared away. Then sometime in the 1880s, a guy named John, Don Chico Lopez decided to chance building a ranch anyway. Everything was going fine at first, but then at night, he would see large winged shadows and they'd fly over the house and hear strange sounds. And then livestock begin to go missing or were found mutilated. In a book called On the Old West by Major Horace Bell, he tells of his experiences traveling the West as an army ranger in the 1800s. In a chapter titled Spit in the Devil's Mouth, Bell describes what he heard from people in the area. As they brought their horses back under control, the men turned and looked back at the lake. Silhouetted against the sky was a large creature with enormous wings. The creature flapped them over and over as it tried to rise from the mud. It roared and screamed and churned up the water around it. The horses and men fled in a panic. The next morning, all the vaqueros on the ranch were mustered, armed, and sent down to the lake to investigate. There was no sign of the winged monster, but it was said that the smell of it still lingered in the air. Soon the creature was sighted more frequently, and it even made it in the newspapers of the day. Some of the townspeople even took shots at it, but they said the bullets bounced off. Well, soon enough, the ranch hands started quitting, and Don Lopez lost, lost enough livestock that he had to sell and abandon the ranch. Another owner, you know, knowing of the bird or creature, he wanted to capture it and sell it to a circus. At one point, he talked the Sells Brothers Circus into a deal for $20,000 if he captured it alive. Well, I guess he never caught it because he skipped town. They never paid him either. A few years later, a big tough guy from Basque, northern Spain, named Miguel Leonis bought the land. After a few months, the creature began to eat his livestock, but that wouldn't fly for a tough guy like Leonis. He grabbed his rifle and hid in waiting. He smelled a foul smell. He began to hear the creature stir. He waited for it to emerge. And then bam, shot at it. But the bullets bounced off. Enraged, Leonis charged like a badass and struck the creature in the eye with the butt of his rifle. The creature was injured and flew away towards the east. That was in 1886 and the last time the creature was seen in California. However, in 1890, stories about two ranchers who killed a Thunderbird with an almost identical description in Tombstone, Arizona, pumped up in the papers. The paper stated that the ranchers brought back a piece of the wing to prove to the townspeople what they saw. They brought people from the town and returned to the site where the paper wrote that it was there and dead. And they had plans to skin it and offer it to scientists of the day to study. And that's where the article ends. 
And here's where things get weird. Other sources say that the creature was brought back to Tombstone, measured, photographed, and published in a Tombstone newspaper article, and that was picked up and syndicated across the country. There seems to be a glitch in the matrix, though. The papers in question can't find that article or the photo. There are no articles that mention the people bringing the beast back to Tombstone or measuring it or, or taking the photo. Yet despite this, people have a very clear memory of it. From just, you know, randos on the internet to, you know, people who lived in the area at the time. It's an old-timey photo with a pterodactyl or giant bird nailed to the wall with rifle-toting cowboys standing shoulder to shoulder to give us a sense of scale. Like they're standing right in front of it. I think there's like four or five. Again, no newspapers that carried the story at the time can find the photo. Many fakes have further muddied the waters on that. So there's been a lot of fakes that sort of describe what people are seeing, and it's usually four or five people. So is there a monster in Elizabeth Lake now? Nah. Was there a 50-foot pterodactyl creature that lived in the California lake, terrorized early settlers, flew to Arizona, was shot, killed, and had a photo taken that everyone from the last 125 years remembers despite never seeing? Sounds dumb even for a conspiracy nut like me, but from legends to newspaper articles, there's more evidence for this than most myths like this. But even if it were true, the Thunderbird hasn't been seen in over a hundred years. However, the area around the lake is still a really odd place. The fault line that runs underneath may be California's undoing one day. But it's filled with crazy geology, giant caves, and who knows what else. The area is a UFO hotspot, and it's near Edwards Air Force, Air Force Base. The road leading up is said to be haunted. A nearby valley was the site of the nation's worst man-made disaster when the San Francisco Dam broke in the 1920s. It overflowed and flooded a bunch of people. Along with the spooky vibe I got from the lake, before I knew any of this, it's confirmed that it's at least a really weird place. I would say that if such a legend of the Thunderbird were to be true, a weird lake sitting on the precipice of a fault line is definitely the right place for it. I hear that the lake bed was dry recently uh, when we had the droughts and people were quick to note that no underground source or cave was immediately clear. No Thunderbird either. Just a big dry lake bed. So that's it, right? Well, I found out that the lake does dry out and flood, uh, and those are regular occurrences all through the lake's history. So it's likely that the early settlers would have known that the lake does this, and it didn't affect the legend. In fact, it probably added to the legend as this mysterious lake would disappear and reappear without a source, seemingly. And also regarding the monster, there's no underwater cave or whatever to explore, but a lot of accounts refer to the monster emerging from the mud, 
rather than sort of just flying out from underwater. So what does this all mean? I don't know. As the lake starts to refill again, will the Thunderbird fly again? With the way things are going these days, who knows? Thanks for listening to the first ever Nothing Much podcast. Thanks again for listening. For more information like the Thunderbird and cool stories, legend stuff like that, be sure to check out Weird California. That's weirdca.com. And they have a lot of great stories like that, urban legends and whatnot. And as always, be sure to check out oldgeenscene.com to catch up with the latest with us. Thanks for listening.